Welcome to the Movie Babies. I'm Devin. I'm Sean. And this is the Trailer Review Show. We have, we're back from a little hiatus. Yeah. We, we took a little time off. We're slowly starting to get some rhythm. Sean and I have talked about, here's a little, well, no, no, no. I'll save that discussion for the end of the episode. Okay. That's called a little tease. Oh. So we got some news on, like, the Movie Babies. We're pregnant. Wait, I'm supposed uh, to save that for the end of the episode? Save it for the end. Sorry. But you, is it a boy or a girl? We don't know. It's gender reveal at the end. Here's a hint. We should be doing this more frequently. And we're back together, this, you and I. This is episode... 48. 48. Okay. And I originally wanted to do this episode for episode 50, because it's kind of a callback to episode 1. Right. Today we're going to review M. Night Shyamalan's third installment in the... Unbreakable Universe, mm-hmm. uh, Glass. And the newest Godzilla film, Godzilla. <laughs> King of the Monsters. And how that relates is we, in our very first episode, we reviewed M. Night's Split. Mm-hmm. And we also reviewed a fake, on accident, Rogue One oh, yeah, a Star that. Wars story. <laughs> Which was the director of the 2014 Godzilla movie. Who is not the director of this For this Godzilla one. Movie. But it's kind of like six degrees of Kevin yeah. Bacon I'll here. I'll call that a theme episode. <laughs> it's a theme <laughs> episode. Uh, so we're back. We kind of went a little long on our Godzilla talk, so we're not going to do a really formalized intro, even though I'm sure you're all dying to catch up on what we've been up to in our personal movie viewing habits. I will say I saw Aquaman. I'll probably go see Bumblebee tonight. Mostly movies are sucking still. Uh, oh, God, I don't know what to say now. I think we should just jump to it. Do we just go to it? Yeah. There's no guests this time. We're just going to raw dog this one. Uh, hope you don't catch anything. <laughs> <laughs> or as we learned from the Godzilla uh, trailer, the Earth will protect itself and yeah. send monsters after us. Yeah. So let's dive into our first trailer. M. Night's Glass. Maybe this will all make sense if I explain who I am. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. My work concerns a particular type of delusion of grandeur. It's a growing field. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes. Good for you. Intro battle, battle, glass. I mean, ass, right? Glass, 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 glass. Yeah, ass mostly. I liked your call me Mr. Tibbs, call me Mr. Glass line before we started recording. In trailer one, it ends with Samuel L. Jackson saying, They call me Mr. Glass. And it's like, Mr. Tibbs? I've heard this before. You can't do, you can't yank that line. <laughs> With this episode, we kind of wanted to return to our roots mm-hmm. of, we reviewed the split trailer pretty early on. That was episode one. Uno. And to celebrate this episode, we thought, well, let's go back to do, to do the M. Night universe. <laughs> let's unify it. There's also a College Years episode where we review Split. Yeah. I really and- liked Split. It was fun. I really like Unbreakable. We were both shocked by the twist, 
in Split. Right. And that made us go rewatch Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. Rewatch that. That's actually a fantastic movie. Yeah, it all tracks. Very curious how we're going to get the trilogy capped off with Glass. And so we watched two trailers to kind of wet our whistle. Trailer one, which is more of a meet the characters, kind of like reintroducing the backstory. And trailer two, where it just spoils the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, well, it certainly makes it, you know, appear like it's going to be a straight up superhero movie. And that's kind of what we need to dive into. Trailer two, very much, basically, you watch it twice. It lays out the whole movie. They get caught. They get in the asylum, they break out, Bruce Willis has to chase after them. They hijack some uh, cheerleaders. Yeah. So I think that's at the beginning of the movie. You think that's going to be the beginning? So here's an interesting thing. Did Bruce Willis, who I will refer to as Unbreakable, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) always have the power? They kind of suggested when he touches someone, he gets like a kind of a flash mind thing like... Oh, you're... You're a bad person. You're doing bad stuff. Yeah. Do you remember that from the first one? Was that in there? Yeah. Okay. It seems like in the trailer, he rubs into who I would refer to as Split, Mm -hmm. and he sees the cheerleaders. Then there's a scene where he fights Split in front of the cheerleaders. At the warehouse. At the warehouse. I'm Mm -hmm. assuming they get caught, get thrown into the asylum, and then so on. Yeah. I could see that. I could also see it being like that when they... when. Elijah escapes everybody that that's like the first order business is like some big villainous act of like let's kidnap a school bus full of cheerleaders and that's more of like the climax but yeah very well could be the cold open um but to your point the trailers are very overtly comic booky yeah which I've actually read just a little inkling that M. Night Shyamalan's like yeah looks like a real comic book movie doesn't it wink wink like I have a feeling it's going to be like a subversion of like, let's sell it like it's the new X-Men movie. Yes. But what you get when you sit down is going to be, I don't know, maybe more asylum movie, maybe more psychological, like social commentary on like, you know, they keep bringing up in the trailer this idea of like delusions of grandeur being like this big problem, this like social issue or whatever. Right. It's weird because the other trailers and Mm. movies aren't presented this overtly like it's a big action comic book movie. And so I'm assuming there was some... You mean the other trailers in this series? Sorry, yes. So yes. For Unbreakable and for Split. Correct. Right? So I'm assuming there was some backlash to these trailers because M. Night did have to release a statement saying, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but there's a lot of references to the movie that it knows you think it's going to be. It's very aware of that, and I will tell you that, and then it becomes this other thing. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to end up being like maybe 45 minutes is just them trapped in the asylum having to talk to each other. Or maybe it's going to be like just at the end, the, the all the like running around outside free from the asylum battling mm-hmm. each other. Like that there'll be this other thing happening. So, okay. But then here's where I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Because if if he's saying this movie isn't what you think it is. But all we got to go off of these two trailers, it seems like a pretty straightforward story. Right. I'm trying to think, is there just like hours worth of unused scenes from different parts of the film? They're they're in space all of a sudden. Yeah, or like, I see. I see what or you're like, saying. oh, you think it's this movie, but really, 
What's the twist? Is, I don't know. Is my question. What's the twist? Well, it's it always sounds the same like question. it's going to be an M Night twist for sure. Like that's what he's gearing us up for. It's like yeah. brace for impact. The twist is going to be something like it takes place in the Sixth Sense world, or like uh, you know, <laughs> they're all, like all dead. The, I'm back, guys. <laughs> the gal from the the Vivivitch is like mm-hmm. it all takes place in her head or something like that. Like you there's know, a couple things, and all of them. So trying to uncode this twist every time, it's like, is, are they in the comic book? Yeah, right. Because there's like scenes where in real life they are reenacting what's happening in the comic book and it's like is the psychologist like writing the comic book and making it happen uh-huh. it's like everything in my little kid brain is just makes it a worse movie yeah. like it's all like in someone's imagination or it's all like a delusion of some sort right and it's like well that's not Fun. No, it's that's snow globe ending. But I kind of do think, I kind of do think like you know, I had the same thought like who? So who's writing this comic book that we keep cutting to? Right. I have a feeling M Knight's gonna do his cameo as the comic book oh, artist. Fucking god, he's like the Stanley <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, he's gonna enough said himself. Like, <laughs> I'm the creator. I'm your god now. Yeah. What you bitches say about Avatar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, yes, you're right. Every every stab in the dark here makes it a worse movie, and just my enthusiasm about the franchise makes me think. Well, hopefully, it's moving towards something. Hopefully, this wasn't like a last ditch cash grab. Like, oh yeah, I guess I'll just re- unite these universes and I, I'll throw together a third movie where they all battle each other. Who who fucking well, cares? It sounds like researching this film and this, the whole series in general, mm-hmm. he's had this idea for a while. Good. When he first made Unbreakable, they had talks about doing a sequel. Oh, good. And he had, I think he was saying even the split character was originally in, like he wanted him in the Unbreakable script, but couldn't figure out how to do it. So Looks save good. that for later. So it seems like he has had this grand vision for the whole thing. But we're dealing with M. Night. Is there a least consistent filmmaker out there? He's up there, yeah. Again, like Sixth Sense, still probably great to watch. Unbreakable, probably his best film. Mm. But then you get, you know, last, Your last Airbender. Airbender, and yeah. You get, I don't know. That might be the flukier of the, of the ones. I really like Signs. That's pretty fun. And the Woods one is called... The Village. And The Village, I thought, was pretty fun, even though it's very contingent on its little twist. They're kind of... Both of those films are fun, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, like, flawed Yeah, in in a lot of ways. And Lady in the Water is just kind of like a mess. Yeah. Um, It's all wet. Yeah. But I don't... I mean, I'm going in... I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, well, before we kind of dive more into the trailer, let me give you some uh, some research. Let me have it. Because that's, that's what we do here on the podcast. <laughs> we read Wikipedia, and then we recite Wikipedia to you. We kind of got an in- interesting scenario here where Unbreakable and Split were made by two different studios. Okay. He had to ask them, hey, can we share both properties to make this third one? Yeah. And, and they agreed to it. It was like Disney and Universal Studios. Okay, cool. So they agreed to license both of these movies for him to make this third one. So nothing's off limits for his creative com- combination of these two worlds. Well, and I wonder, they must have some faith in them too, right? Yeah. 
That's uh, that's a good sign. I mean, so many movies are breaking down the like licensing walls between iterations of characters, and of course, like all the Spider-Man shit and like mm-hmm. Ready Player One shit. And of course, we are big fans of movie babying all Hollywood. So it's coming in reality. I'm glad that this doesn't stand in his way of telling his own story, making our dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable came out 19 years ago, basically mm-hmm. 2000. It made 95 million and had a ratings of 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Split grossed 138 million in the United States and had a 76%. So both of these movies did well at the box office mm-hmm. and did well critically. Nice. Unless you really clusterfucks this third one, like it, it'll probably work. But the trailers make it seem like he's going to fuck this up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, let's dive into kind of what we saw in these trailers, because it does seem like, ooh, this is where you're going with it. Like, my first instinct, trailer one, we open at the X-Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. It's very X-Men. There's a, there's a scent of X-Men all over it, and it's probably the James McAvoy-Professor X connection. Which is funny, because uh, I re-listened to our split episode, uh-huh. and <laughs> we basically predicted the extended universe thing by saying one of his personalities will be Professor X. <laughs> and then like the girls he can nap might all be like in the X-Men universe. And like and like uh Unbreakable will have like a split personality with Charles Bronson character he plays in the Oh the bad one, Death Death Wish. Death Wish, yeah. He's just like a <laughs> He's just like an iteration of Death Wish. Death Wish, and then he becomes John McClane from Die Hard. He's just all a collapsed version of all of his characters. Well, one of my theories was that Split was just every character. He's Glass. He's oh, okay. Unbreakable. Yeah. He's just playing out this whole world with his different personalities. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good cop-out ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's all cop-out endings, yeah. right? But trailer one, we open with them... Even the look of the film. So we have the psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. Has them all in one session. Right. All sitting like... Very symmetrical. It's yeah. in this pink room. It's, it's in very a stylized. pink room. They're all like interacting with each other, kind of like goofy. Yeah. It just feels very goofy. Yeah. And it's also like, yeah, these are the most dangerous you know, characters or whatever. Like, well, let's put them all together unrestrained. <laughs> like, does that seem, doesn't seem like a bad call? But, you know, there was, like, a psychiatrist character in, in Split, mm-hmm. and she kind of ends up Nancy Drewing the whole thing. I wonder if this character is kind of a con- continuation of that character, wherein her... what If her goal really is to cure them or not take them seriously mm-hmm. and kind of incite their, like, bad boy behavior, or if it is, like, she's like, yeah, I'm getting them together to kind of, like, intentionally... Yes. Make this big thing happen. That's right. So in Split, the therapist lady is actually kind of the most likable character. Right. You think she's like, uh, and then she like turns out, oh, I really enjoyed her. And she was like, had like the best intentions for her clients. Yeah. And she's kind of badass. She like goes into the, into the lair and she's like going to solve, she's going to fucking Nancy Drew this herself. Yeah. This lady, I think the twist is she's bad. Okay. She's a bad one because she's pushing these treatments, but then it looks like kind of torture. Yeah. She's like drowning, unbreakable. She does. She introduces this light thing on Split that 
triggers his different personalities. Right. Which and, it seems like Elijah then figures out and uses to like maybe incite the beast. Right. If yeah. we're if we're sticking with the X-Men analogy, she wants to cure the mutants, right. which is a big no-no in the X-Men universe. Right. And they're trying to sedate Glass so that his his extra smarts doesn't outsmart all the dumbass guards. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. Yeah. Let's talk about Glass. Okay. Samuel L. is rocking this 80s Prince purple outfit. Yep, he that's looks pretty great. Pretty awesome. <laughs> His mom is still in the picture, and she doesn't seem to be particularly aged. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is pretty old, yeah. but his like mom is very mom's, spry and running around, good. and she's doing great. I mean, Black Don't Crack, that's great. <laughs> but like, it seems like they're kind of teaming up. So here's some quotes that make me believe, like, maybe dropping hints on what the t- twist okay. could be. Again, I don't work for M. Knight, so these are the theories. <laughs> oh, you don't? Why guy. have I been doing this podcast with you this whole time? I thought you were going to get me an internship. That's the twist, is that I don't work <laughs> with M. Knight. Um, so these are just theories. Mm-hmm. But, like, the mom's dropping some things like, what have you done, Glass? Don't underestimate the mastermind. hmm while also we're hearing Glass kind of say, like, we're going to team up. We're going to do this bad boy thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, many people are going to die. Is Maybe he's not the villain. Is well, it, like, the mom? Is it the, like, mm. psychologist? It seems like we're going to get a swerve on who's actually the mastermind yeah. of this Interesting. whole scenario. I mean, Glass's masterminding thing is, like, he's playing chess with everybody in that he wants to see unbreakable battle split so they can both realize their potential and then the good and evil dichotomy and the mm-hmm. extra powered beings are on display to the whole world and it's kind of like a magneto he's definitely magneto he vibe. wants he doesn't want to hide like professor x mm-hmm. he wants the world to not only accept the superheroes but to like what's up we're the superior right. race here and it is kind of funny that he's wearing purple and he's in the wheelchair so he's like Oh, it's Magneto and Professor X kind of oh, that's combined, nice. like, iconically. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like maybe his intentions are a little... He, I don't know. He's just kind of taking that idea of, like, well, we got to crack some eggs to make the omelet kind of mm-hmm. thing. I'm really curious, yeah, because his mom also appears with the Vivi Vich and I, this kid who I think is maybe supposed to be Unbreakable's son. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we see him kind of on the computer, and in the background, we see someone in the shadows. Yeah, David, like, comes home, or, like, yeah. We assume it's Unbreakable, but it could be someone else. Well, he's got the poncho on, but you assume it's his home, and maybe that's his son, because he's got this kid in the first first movie. It seems like we will get another revelation on another superhero, another superpower. Right. So that's kind of my guess. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of see that like those three on the steps of the school. I'm guessing like around the time the the everybody's out mm-hmm. and running around, and so maybe they kind of team up as kind of like the sideline Scooby Doo team. But I still kind of feel like like my theory from the previous discussion was Vivovich mm-hmm. is going to be splitized somehow, because remember how like the whole thing was like. The trauma originates all the superpowers. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing for yeah, this that was franchise. A good one. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like her abduction and like her 
father abuse or uncle abuse or whatever her backstory was in Split, like, I think it's going to be, like, her inciting incident such that she's going to have, like, some, so some this Dark is, Phoenix powers, maybe. Yeah. So this is too late to ask this question. Which one's Vivi Witch? The chick who gets abducted in Split. Which one, where was she in, which one is she in this she, trailer? They keep cutting to her over and over again. She's the super hot chick. I don't remember. You don't know. Okay. I don't remember what she does. Does she do, does she say anything? No, she's just like, they just keep cutting to her. She's like standing in front of the school and then like, Okay, I, re- I remember that. Like, okay, I just, it didn't register to me because she doesn't have any lines. Right. And I'm just like, all right, there's a lady. Yeah. Okay, but she was abducted. Yeah, and she's the survivor from Split. Who at the end Got you it. don't know if she goes back home or if she like. Now I remember. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah, because in Split, I, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. It's like, oh, does she have some sort of powers? And then they kind of like don't. They don't explain, explain it. Explain it. Or they yeah. don't go there with it. But it's kind of maybe hinted at throughout. Like that's how the process of the other characters, and she's our main character in that's that right. movie. So you think like. Well, she's going to be significant. But then when they reveal David at the end, you're like, oh, well, in the next movie, yeah. we'll see what becomes of her. And here she is. Well, so. welcome to another edition of Devin trying to remember movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully she just plays the character from the Vivitch and just has her like floating powers. And... I mean, yeah, let's movie maybe this. I still think the best idea, if they're already doing the cross um, studio thing in real life, yeah. let's go all the way. Mm-hmm. Let's make her the witch. Let's make Bruce Willis fucking die hard. Yeah. Let's like, that's the most amazing movie, right? Maybe the twist is, you know, they're battling at the end and then like, they're like, oh, what's that? And like a sentinel walks up and the X-Men <laughs> jump out and Silver Surfer like flies over and Galactus comes out and Thanos comes back and it's like... <laughs> this is actually all a tie, a tie in for the new Avengers. This yeah. is how they get back exactly. all the dead, dead missing people. All right. Well, I really think we covered it pretty well. Should we uh, maybe wrap this up and go into ratings? Yeah, sure. Sean, we have a complex rating system here at a Movie Babies. It's, it's more complex than an M. Night Shyamalan plot. <laughs> Three options to rate this trailer. You're fully detesting everything you've seen, Mm -hmm. uh, just makes your skin crawl, you don't want to see this movie, you're going to say, I love robots. I love robots. Meaning, you love robots, you do not love anything else in this movie. That's what I'm saying. You see the complexity of this rating system? (laughs) It's all a metaphor for a Coke commercial that you've never seen. Middle Uh, of the road We don't know what a metaphor is. That solves another twist. (laughs) We're dumber than you thought. (laughs) Middle of the road is in space with zombies. In space. In space with zombies. You love elements of the trailer, but maybe with some added elements, maybe some zombies or maybe the X-Men crossover, it's going to elevate this trailer for you right and then if you're fully on board if you're definitely going to go see this movie you're going to say like a lot so you cool if i scream like a lot that's a pass right to the front of the line checking it out opening day yeah and sean Uh going back to our split review we both gave it like a lot we did so we love the split trailer Mm -hmm. i'm curious what our thoughts are on this glass trailer 
this, so this glass trailer, both of them that we reviewed, mm -hmm. kind of do play like the split trailers. And then that makes me kind of feel like, oh, well, the split trailers to movie, there was a, enough mystery to be yes. like, well, got to see the movie. Because I don't know, who's that? What's going on there? And like little flashes of this and that, but not the whole picture spelled out. We still get like a lot of the McAvoy like character jumps and everything that like actually kind of got annoyed by in Split. Like he... heavily relying on him. Just like it's funny that he's playing a woman and a kid and a jock and whatever. I kind of got... His performance, I like him okay as an actor, but mm -hmm. his performance from that film, I feel like was just serviceable. Yeah. I wasn't blown away by him doing these multiple characters as if, as I feel like maybe another actor could have really like hit a home run with it. I feel like he does what he needs to do with it. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah, and maybe it's not supposed to be funny. And maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I just kind of find it a little bit like it's probably every actor's dream come true to play a split personality yes. role, but it's probably the easiest thing you can do mm -hmm. because it's just kind of like, we'll just vomit out whatever and let it stick. And as long as it's dynamic and I use a funny voice or I hunch over, it's like, hey, I'm a different person. Yeah. But I'm also kind of disappointed that the beast is just a person and not like a werewolf or You should something. like Hulk out. Yeah, I want him to kind of Hulk out, but I see that that's like not within the budget, not within the design of these films they kind of keep one foot in a realistic i would hate if we don't mention two scenes of the beast one of him doing like this leopard cheetah oh. stride across the grass yeah, yeah which looks pretty hilarious yeah and the other one of him crawling on the wall it looks like he's naked yeah He's got like flesh colored pants on and it's but really funny every time i see it like on tv like a preview of it i'm yeah. like why the fuck am I looking at James Malkavoy's ass right now? <laughs> Spread eagle on the ceiling. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Very surface level gripes. The trailer doesn't blow me away. It just, it has me thinking, oh, well, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a tease to be like, oh, it's just X-Men. Like, no, but it's going to be more than just X-Men. Yeah. And I guess that's where we'll leave it is like, is it going to be, be able to fulfill those? I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm already going to go to find out. So I'm going to say like a lot. Like a lot. Yeah. All right. I'm sharing similar thoughts with you. The problem is I feel like I can't give it a like a lot because my excitement level for this new movie now dipped because of the trailers. Hmm. I was pretty excited after Split. Rewatching Unbreakable, super elevated because that film's is great on its own. And then watching this trailer, I'm like, this is where it's leading? Mm. And maybe what M. Night says that this is going to be, there's going to be a twist. It's not going to be a straight up, like, cheesy comic book movie. Mm -hmm. He's quoted as saying, this is the first truly grounded comic book movie. And the trailer isn't giving me that. Now, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, in the actual film, there is that. Yeah. There is that substance. But right now... It's just like there's a scene where like they're in the comic book shop mm -hmm. and the the comics are for some reason labeled heroes and villains. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a wacky way to like organize your comic books. Hey dude. man, it's like a scarecrow video kind of thing. Like <laughs> uh, so because of that, I gotta give it in space with zombies. Okay. I wanna see the movie, but I feel like the trailer wasn't as strong. Yeah. 
is really selling me on a movie I wanted to see. Okay, can I throw this at you? Now that you know this detail of that character coming back from Split being a part of this, does that at all give you hope that like, oh, maybe one of these pet theories will kind of come true and like that is all that you need to be like, okay, there's more than just uh, New Mutants. Yeah, but I feel like that's a weird way to market your film. It's, it's weird to me that they are marketing it as generic comic book movie mm. when I feel like fans of those previous films, that's not why they like those movies. Right. And so to then market your new movie as generic action movie, it's like, well, that's not what I want. Right. Are you trying to get new fans on board? Yeah. Which is like pretty weird too because it's like you're three films deep now. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably like it's probably a little bit unnecessary at this point to go out of your way to like red herring your movie with your trailer because yes. that's what everyone expects from him. Yes. But it's also maybe like a mother kind of Aronofsky's mother kind of situation that's where it's true. like you can't put a trailer on this because what would you possibly sell this as without spoiling something? Yeah. And I loved Mother. And another good point, I finally caught Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. Fantastic trailer. Mm-hmm. I won't say what the film's about, but the trailer doesn't either. Right. And it does like a great job of making the trailer interesting. Mm-hmm. This was like a pretty fun movie to see. Yeah. And then you see it, and it's different than what the trailer is. Yeah. In and a good way. In a good way, yeah. And so, yeah, fingers crossed that maybe we're getting a similar thing here. All right. I do like the maybe our little <laughs> suggested theory here that they buried the New Mutants movie as like that was a teaser to be like this is the New Mutants movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. At the very so we open up, it says glass and yeah, yeah. nice sounds and then like you do the whole movie and then at the very end you're like, wait, is that the Game of Thrones chick? Yeah, and, and it that, pans over to the other part that, of the hospital, and that's what's going on. Is that, that the way? Stranger Things dude? <laughs> and then at the very end of the movie, it just says, New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. All right, I love it. Well, that was M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. For that ass. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on. Intro a battle. Godzilla. Gojira. King of the Monsters. That's quite a claim. King of the Monsters. Go, go like, on. Dang, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Munchies, because people who watch the old Godzilla movies, I'm assuming, are like high stoners, stoners oh, okay yeah late at night watching old black and white godzilla movies um well a lot of them were in color 
What's your history with the Godzilla franchise? I think I only saw the original Godzilla. The like 54, 55, Yeah, whatever. I think I might have watched that like five years ago. Okay. And I thought it was okay. No, you've never watched any of the Toho, like, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra, Godzilla versus no, Mecha Godzilla. I've, like, seen clips. I know kind of, like, a Wikipedia knowledge of the monsters. Okay. In terms of, like, oh, yeah, the three-headed one, I recognize him. Or, right. like, that one, he's from Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that's what they ripped off in this other uh, kaiju movie. I My relation to this franchise is that of the type of like fan that I don't like about other things. Oh God. Wherein I've seen a lot of this stuff. Like I watched a lot of like TBS and TNT as a kid, like pumped out, like destroy all monsters yeah. and you know, all these movies. I, so I think I've probably watched them all. That's incredible. I wonder But I, I couldn't know. tell you one fucking thing about any of them. That's how much deep my fandom runs. I don't know if I would picture you as like a monster mash. I loved guy. all this kind of shit before the kaiju culture calcified in America. Yeah. Like, when it was... Here's a weird thing about, like, Asian cinema and my relationship to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of racist. I liked it <laughs> as a kid. Can we just wait? Can yeah. we just pause on that for a little well, bit? Well, I'm not ashamed to say it. It's kind of <laughs> racist. Like, it's not good. But as a kid, all of my concepts of, like, Asian culture were from... Samurai movies, yeah. kaiju movies, mm-hmm. and anime. And, and those are very extreme representations of those, of that cult- those but it's cultures. Like, but it's like, you know how like sometimes there's like good stereotypes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. It's kind of like. This is the, it's, this is the big dick black man of, <laughs> of like Asian cinema. It's like, like, oh, you guys can <laughs> fight giant monsters. <laughs> you have very colorful like cities and. Yeah, I think my thinking was this stuff is great because it's so crazy. Due to like regular old cultural lost in translationness, like things just were amplified and very like surreal to my little kid brain. Like American cartoons aren't like this. No way. American monster movies aren't like this. This is like pure uncut like nightmare fuel. So here's my question. Were you into like the universal monsters? Yeah, but I was like, those are tame compared to yeah. all the crazy shit that's coming out of, like, Japan and China. Yeah, because, like, those ones, too, it's like, oh, the mummy's gonna get you. Or, like, don't go to Pennsylvania or Dracula would be there. It's like... Where, where Dracula lives. <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, fucking Godzilla, he's yeah. taking out all of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. I am a fan of, I guess big monsters wrecking city movies Mm -hmm. even though i'm kind of over it i was when i was a kid i was really into it but now yeah now i'm kind of like man there's another pacific rim movie crap yeah i don't want to have to watch that i don't want to have to watch rampage i don't want to have to watch transformers well now there's like so many kind of disaster movies in general would kind of like spin off of this yeah yeah, and all that's the funny thing is all these Godzilla trailers start as disaster movie trailers, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla pops for one frame at the end. It's like, oh, it's a Godzilla uh, movie. It's Godzilla. Great. Got you. <laughs> uh, well, I did lie. All of my Godzilla knowledge is from 98's Puff Daddy's Godzilla. Oh, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure he directed that. You, from the Come With Me music video? That's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't remember anything from the film. I just remember what I saw from the Puff Daddy music video exactly. on MTV. 
Man, what a disaster that one is, huh? Uh, I don't think I've seen the Broderick one, but once in theaters. I remember they're trying to collect Godzilla eggs. If they kind of... <laughs> That's about all I remember from it. And he's like a T-Rex. He's not even yeah. like Godzilla. Godzilla's kind of a weird design, eh? Like, on trailer two, you yeah. kind of get more of him. Yes. And he's like, that's a weird shape. He's boxy. He's kind of... He has weird arms. Yeah. And it feels like there's always, when all of these come out, there's always debate on, oh, how did they redesign Godzilla this right. time? Yeah. Did they keep with the original design? And he's always kind of goofy looking, right? Yeah, he always has been. Like, the guy, the rubber suit on a guy kind of syndrome of Godzilla is kind of what attracted to me originally because it looks bizarre. Yeah. He moves bizarre and he's designed bizarre and the suit is clunky and fucked up and weird. And, like, even in his more, like, sleek, like, kind of Todd McFarlane design here with all his spikes and angles and everything, I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he still looks bizarre. Uh, that reminds me of probably my favorite Arrested Development joke where George Michael is in like this giant mole suit or something. Mm. <laughs> They've made like a tiny miniature city and there's like Japanese investors coming oh, yeah. and they're like, just build a tiny city. It just like turns into like a mashup like Godzilla spoof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty funny. Okay. Not our show. Yeah. No, uh, join <clears throat> us next week where movie babies talk about jokes from episodes of Arrested Development. <laughs> Let me explain this joke that only works visually. Have I ever brought to the show my distaste for Seinfeld? Oh. And the origin story being playground explanations of the previous night's Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Just not translating. People would waste my whole recess explaining like what George did. And, like, as far as water cooler talk is concerned, I fucking hate Seinfeld, and I've never watched it because of that. Yeah, it's not something that would, like, be funny explaining, because that's the whole gimmick of the show. When, like, a fifth grader is doing it, it's even worse, because they don't understand the subtext of any of the jokes. (laughs) And I I just have never returned to it because of that. And then George didn't want to pay a parking ticket. Oh, really? Okay, well, I want to swing on the swing set, and you're fucking ear-locking me, you punisher. So that was Godzilla, King of Monsters. <laughs> uh, May 31st release. It's coming up for Swank's birthday. It's the 35th film in the Godzilla franchise. So does that beat the James Bond series? I do. Oh, that's a good Let me look that up. Uh, should we go to a commercial break? Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. And when we return, I will give you that information. Great. Google me one time. We'll return after these messages. Hey, dudes, bedtime. Do you A, obey the babysitter, B, beg to stay up, C, hit her with thermonuclear breath? It's Godzilla, king of the monsters. His eyes flash as he roars. His arms swing, feet stomp, tail whips. Godzilla rules. Collect Godzilla and all his friends of destruction, then fight the ultimate battle when no one is safe. Cool hair. Batteries not included. From Trendmasters, yes. Uh, James Bond. List of films. Okay, here we go. Just Google how many James Bond films are there. (laughs) I'm trying to, like, sort through the Wikipedia. (laughs) I forget that Google... Hey, Jeeves? (laughs) How many... James... Oops. Jimmy Bonds. How many Jimmy Johns are there? (laughs) How many Jimmy Johns are there? 26. Okay. So, okay, welcome back. Yeah. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Google break. There are 26 James Bond movies. Godzilla leading the charge. Wow, that's pretty good. But unlike James Bond, which has made its way into the States pretty hardcore, only this is the only third Godzilla movie. American Godzilla movie. American Godzilla movie. movies. Yeah. Okay. This is connected to the 2014 Brian Cranston James Bond, or pff, James Bond movie. Godzilla movie. I mean, I know that because Ken Watanabe is in both of them. Yes. So. so this is a direct sequel to the 2014 one, which was directed by Gareth Edwards, who went on to do Rogue One. Okay. And he was going to direct this one, but then changed his mind and did the Star Wars movie. Okay. I don't know if we discussed it. Didn't really like that first Godzilla movie. Yeah, I didn't either. One, there's the twist of the main character changing. Yeah, that's into a person a... we don't care about. Exactly. I don't care for disaster movies and giant monster movies where the main thrust of it is I'm separated from my people and I yes. need to get back from my, to my people. Yeah. And I know that's about as much as you can do with like a Cloverfield or a you know, San Andreas or whatever, but I don't like it. Of course, that's the hack way to write one of these things is like, we got to get across town, but town's destroyed. Yeah. But where's our baby? It's like, I don't care. Especially that sort of stuff bothers me when it's like the whole world is at stake. Yeah. And usually those movies, like the main characters has like some sort of duty or tie in where it's like, you have to save the world and they're like, preoccupied about like, well, but I got to save my girlfriend. It's yeah. like, no. You got to prioritize here. <laughs> A little bit of priority, right? Yeah. So this new film is directed by Michael Dowery. Sure. Dow- Doughboy, who directed... Mike D from the Beastie Boys. <laughs> uh, director of Trick or Treat. Trick oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. I knew that. I knew that. The recent Krampus movie, yeah. which is pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I like this guy. I, I think this is going to be a situation where his style points aren't going to be able to come through because it's a studio movie. Yeah. It's too big of a franchise. Well, what's fun about Krampus is it's like a modern day kind of uh, Gremlins. Yeah. Unfortunately, all the monsters here are CGI, but how fun would it have been if it was like little gremlin yeah. Godzillas and monsters? <laughs> it would have been fun if he was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm directing. We're going back to a rubber suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, bring it on. Yeah, so that's... Okay, thanks for shining light on that because that actually brings my enthusiasm level back up a little bit. All right. I mean, it's kind of inconsequential because all these like cool fringe directors end up with a Marvel movie eventually, but they don't have their signature appeal because it's a studio movie. Right. So that's probably what's going to happen here. And this trailer does look a lot like the 2014 trailer. Same beats, same editing style. Yes. Um, Well, but with that said, so Sean, I kind of prepped you for this trailer with On the Internet. People are liking this trailer. Really? That's like one of their favorites of the year. That's interesting because it's so generic for the type of trailer you'd expect from a Godzilla. I guess so, because we I also made you watch the 2014 trailer, mm. and they are very similar. Yeah. In terms of visual appeal and in terms of like music, it kind of has what I like in trailers. Yeah. So in this trailer, they threw the Fantasia music on it yes. and kind of gave it this like. Oh, it's cool that Godzilla's coming. Like, he's going to defend us this time mm-hmm. against these other titans. And the creatures are portrayed as, like, almost a thing of beauty. Like, gods, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. And so, what I liked about it is there's kind of, like, this blue glow 
mm-hmm. across everything. You don't really see the creatures fall on, which is kind of like a staple of yeah, these movies. They're kind of silhouetted this time instead which is, of just like little scales or close-ups or which something. Is, which is smart. So you get like the three-headed monster in like an ice block. Yeah, Ghidra's like barely in the smoke at like one point. Yeah, yeah you get the Mothman. Mothra. Opening up her wings uh-huh. with a blue glow that coincides with like the classical music kind of swelling. Right to like a big uh, point. You see like Rodan's shadow as he's like cruising over the city. Over the city. Yeah. And so like, I'm kind of a sucker for all of those things. Mm. The music and the trailer are connected. So like when there's a big like, yep. and the music, then that's when like a car is busting through a gate. Yeah. Or that's when like a big explosion's happening. You like that Mickey Mousing. Mickey Mouse. That's what they call it in scoring when you. It's like. Is that true? Yeah, it's like when someone's walking and it goes ding 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 ding, ding. like, yeah. or someone falls down the stairs and a trombone like goes. But unlike other trailers, we have seen bad examples of this. Usually yes. in action movies, well, where it's, it's like the Resident Evil gun click. Yeah, sounds. you click the gun and yeah. then there's that. I would say this one's a little more sophisticated. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. more organic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I liked that was a cool choice of the music. So speaking of the music, our friend of the show, Barry McCreary, is going to be doing the score for this movie. Mm -hmm. It's his first big studio movie, so dap to the master maestro for that. So even if you don't like this movie... We still have to go see it. Well, buy the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Um, So so he made that song in the trailer. He made the Fantasia music, which is just (laughs) like Tchaikovsky or something like that. Yeah. The tropes of the of the genre are very present in the trailer. Here's a thing that I didn't think I was going to give as much a shit about, but I do. I don't like this cast. No. There's a lot of like who's who's of people in this. I would say that most people would say like, that's a good cast. We have Stranger Thing Girl in her first. Bobby Brown's up in the piece. First movie role. We have Game of Thrones bad guy king. White haired old guy. I fucking hate that guy. And he's playing like like the same. Guy in charge, guy. So the one negative I'll give to this trailer Mm. is his line. He has one line, the Game of Thrones dude, towards the end. And it's presented well. Like like, when he says it, it's towards the end and the music has like finished. Kind of a climax line. So it's like a good placement. Like again, well edited trailer. But his line is... Long live the king. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you can't have the Games of Thrones king say long live the king. They should have done like one of those thug life compilation vine things <laughs> yeah. where like a little gold crown and sunglasses pops up on him as he looks in the camera. Uh, uh, maybe Swink can edit that. Yeah. Uh, they do the same thing with Bobby Joe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where the opening of this trailer is her like on a rooftop, mm-hmm. kind of seeing the disa- disaster happening around her. And then she gets kind of swallowed up in this black mist. And it's like, are we really going to the upside down right now? Yeah, it looks a little familiar. Yeah. It's like, we okay, we get it. You got the Stranger Thing girl. Right. Um, we've got Lil Ice Cube in there as like a military dude. Who's <laughs> Lil Ice Cube? His son. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't know that was his son or you didn't know that... I didn't know any of that information. Really? No. A little cube, a little ice cube. He was in like that uh, Aubrey Plaza movie. He's in the, the NWA movie. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Do 
too black for me. Okay. Well, uh, he's out there. He's an actor. You're, we've probably reviewed trailers that he's. Is his name in. Ice Cube? No, O'Shea Jackson. Um, I mean, I feel like he needs if he's gonna like do this, right? Little Ice Cube. <laughs> what would that be? Like, what's the? I'm trying to think of what. What's smaller than an ice cube? What's smaller or like kind of equivalent to an ice cube? A dipping dot. Dipping dot. Yeah. Let's fucking call him Dippy Dot. Dippy. Okay. Dipping dots. So we got dipping dot. Dipping dots in it. The mom from this movie is the gal from American Horror Story or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like her. She's just kind of like this droopy eyed, like nonsense anonymous white woman. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of the one who's like issuing the like. People are the virus, and we deserve this Godzilla yeah. moshing on us. So they're really the only character in the cast you really like is Godzilla. Godzilla, and I'm kind of on the fence about him too. But like the guy from Middle Ditch or whatever from uh, Thomas Middle Ditch, uh, va- fucking Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, like yeah. he's appealing to the to the senators about like we gotta weaponize Godzilla for the people yeah, and yeah. and like. Everybody who pops up, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's who's in it? The dad from Varsity Blue or whatever the fuck that stupid football <laughs> show that everybody loves. Like, oh, I don't like him. Yeah, tr- tr- yeah, what is that show? It doesn't that fucking matter. It, all Friday this, Night Lights. Yeah, yeah. Like, all these people, I'm just like, that's who's in this movie? I, I, <laughs> so the human element, much yeah. like the previous American Godzilla movie, I'm like, I'm not hyped on this cast. Like, I don't, I don't want to spend time with these people. Well, thankfully, it is a monster movie. And judging by the trailers, the city gets fucking wrecked. Yeah. So maybe a lot of these people won't be surviving. <laughs> I hope they all get stomped on really what, quick. What was the movie that you were like, I hope everyone just dies in it, and then that ended up being pretty true? So spoiler for a movie. <laughs> everyone dies. <laughs> uh, well, movie baby of the year, Jed Barely will probably know. So yeah. Jed, right. please comment below on what movie <laughs> Sean was talking about. <laughs> okay, where are we at right now? I want you to tell me, does the Skull Island movie fit into this universe? Thank you, there it is. Not only does it fit into this universe, they already have planned Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, gotcha. So this all leads up to a May 22nd, 2020 release. It's Godzilla versus King Kong. This has apparently been in the works since the 2014 film. Okay. It's kind of crazy how Hollywood does this timeline-wise. So in 2014, Godzilla is released. It made $200 million in North America, and it had a huge opening weekend, mm-hmm. but then like kind of dropped down. A fun fact is... The 200 million that it made in America is the lowest total ever for a movie that opened above 90 million. Okay. So it made all its money during that first weekend and then just kind of it. word of mouth, like, don't go see this movie. Uh, I see. Fucking boring. Yeah. So that's 2014. Mm. In 2015, they already announced they were doing Godzilla versus King Kong. Okay. That means the Kong movie, which came out in 2017, wasn't even out yet. 
Yeah. So they had no idea how that would do, and they're already announcing like gotcha. another film they're, five years down the line. Universal Dark Monsters. Yeah, okay. Which and we saw how that went. Yeah. Well, this I think has a little sturdier footing. The Universal Monster thing is they completely abandoned everything that was fun about it, and like this, they're going, Well, no, destroy the city, that's all you have to do. Yeah. Just destroy the city and you're fine. So I mean Skull Island, there's actually a post credit sequence that teases this Godzilla movie. Right, that's kind of the Avengers initiative, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, here's all the icons of Mothra. And yeah, Samuel Godzilla. L. Jackson comes out and he's like, look, here's our secret project we've been working on. And mm-hmm. there's cave paintings of Godzilla fighting all of these monsters that are in this trailer. So that's, it's not like they're happening as with fr- the frequency of Marvel movies, but they're keeping it rolling. Yeah, and the, the reveal in the Kong one was that these monsters aren't just isolated to the island. They're everywhere. They're everywhere, and they're kind of like these kind of old god Cthulhu-like yes. ancient time lurkers. And I kind of like that twist on it. The dialogue goes, the narration says that we're the infection, and the Earth is fighting this fever through the monsters. Yeah. So all the monsters are now awaking because... So what I'm confused about is I think in like the... 50s Godzilla movie, Godzilla's mutated by radiation. Yes. But it seems like in this mythology, these are creatures that existed before humans. Yes. They're aggravated because of atomic weapons and stuff. Like in in the explanation of this one, like Three Mile Island was like an attack on Godzilla or whatever, where Godzilla is electing to be kind of champion of humanity, whereas the other monsters are just like destructos. And yeah, so there's a line in the second trailer where he's like, oh, these monsters are emerging, but which ones are here to protect us and which ones are here to threaten us? Mm. That's pretty. That's a pretty insane assumption. <laughs> that, like, Any of them have your best interest in mind? Yeah. I am curious what the explanation is that Godzilla has this feeling of protecting the Earth. I don't know. I like that gimmick of Godzilla being like this protector. Mm-hmm. But it's like what. Compels what, him to do that. Yeah. What compels him to do it? I feel like we won't get an explanation yeah. in this movie. Just that, you know the other movies. You know he's a good guy, so he's well, a good guy. We're going to find out that Millie Bobby Brown like has a mental bond with him or whatever. This and... is such a like, King Kong and like yeah. Godzilla. I'm curious what Godzilla versus Kong is going to be because in some ways they're the same character. Humans kind of grow an affection for them and vice versa. Yeah. And so it's like, what's the appeal there with them fighting? Hopefully it'll just become like kind of a Pacific Rim type thing where they're like, or like Robo Jocks thing where it's like, America's champion is King Kong. Japan's champion is Godzilla. <laughs> Fight! Like, yeah. it's just like they're avatars for our wars, basically. It's, it's our new like Mortal Kombat spinoff. Exactly. Just... What if the twist is that Godzilla created man? I'll buy that. Versus, like, <laughs> man creating Godzilla with weapons. Yeah, we're it's, like the STD crabs that are crawling off the crotch of Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And so, like, he's like, oh, my babies. I need to protect my babies. <laughs> That's why he's always yelling all the time. Mm-hmm. So in this trailer, we see uh, Eleven, like, looking off in the distance and some big thing is coming or whatever. Yeah. And she goes, oh, shh. And they cut before she says shit. 
No more Hollywood. Oh shh, it's gotta go. Not in your movies, not in your trailers. We know it's super fucking hack. Like, just you, say shit. Do you think she says shit in the real one? I mean, no, I think they probably cut because it's probably PG-13, right? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The idea is they keep going to this gag like it's going to elicit a laugh, and it's so fucking tired. I feel like I can't give it my full support. Why? <laughs> Only because I don't. I can't think of other examples. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. Every comedy trailer, someone goes, fuck, and like it cuts right there. Like... Yeah. Everything. Watch any trailer. It does. I don't this. think I have the guttural reaction and hate but fire you, just you have. Except that it's like super tired. Like at this point, we have red band trailers. You yeah, can this. say "oh shit" in a red band trailer. <laughs> you don't have to do this trick anymore. It's okay. so stupid. I'll tell you what. The next trailer that happens, if I notice it and I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Then, then it's it's for sure banned. I guarantee you, on the next episode, someone's gonna go mother, and then it's gonna cut, and you're gonna go, oh yeah, they do this all the fucking time. What if I laugh during it? It doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> overdone. It's not. You can't use that as your button joke in your trailer anymore. Well, fair enough. We'll leave it unbanned for we'll, the time. We'll being. leave it unbanned, but it's on the watch list. <laughs> It's the neighborhood movie baby watch. <laughs> yeah, we, you're on notice. You're on notice. Oh, shit. You okay. don't want to fuck. Okay, and now <laughs> we should rate to this the ratings. Thing. Do you remember what we rated Skull Island? Oh, that would have been great to look up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just curious. I think I was like a lot. I think I liked it too, and I ended up enjoying that movie. It's a fun, like, monster movie, like, mm -hmm. summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go In Space with Zombies on this one. Yeah. I think what the Kong, what the Skull Island thing gets that the city destruction movies don't get mm -hmm. is the scene where you get to find out the other wildlife that lives on the island. In That's the right. Peter Jackson King Kong, that scene where they're getting like heads bit off by these like tuploidal slime worms and stuff, and like in Skull Island where we visit with like the other creatures of the island, that mm. stuff is like really fun because you get maybe a little hint of it in the trailer, but most yeah. of it's saved for the movie. And in the city destruction movies, you know you've got Godzilla. Yep. You know you've got the Ghidra and Rodan and Mothra because we've now seen them in the trailer. Yeah. So it's not really like there's any going to be any what's around this corner. It's just like pretty stock. And I think it's going to be pretty straightforward and there's going to be too much people interaction. And, you know, it's definitely Eleven looking for her parents. And I don't want that movie. Any no. Again. I'm in agreement. The movie is still up in the air on whether it will be good. I have a feeling it won't be good. With that said... I somehow have a soft spot for Godzilla trailers. Mm -hmm. I like that 2014 Godzilla trailer. Trailer-wise, I feel like with kind of the tired material they're presented with, they do a nice job presenting it. The opening narration, I feel like, does a nice job setting up what the movie's going to be. Mm. Even though if it's like there's just a template for that now? Yeah. Like, how is it really any different than the Mortal Engines trailer, where it's like... The world is fucked up. Because, yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think why this one works for me and Mortal Engine doesn't is like, Mortal Engines, every time they say something, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Wait, hold on, back up. <laughs> and like this one, it's like, 
things I'm a little more on board with. Like, these titans were the original rulers. I'm like, that's cool. And it's like, the earth is, like, diseased. And the monsters are, like, the virus protecting it. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, go on, go on. So I'm, like, I'm able to buy into... The hackness. The hackness (laughs) of, like, the hackness of an old plot, which just boils down to... Man is the monster, which yeah. we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. What these Godzilla trailers do is they they salt it, they pepper it, and they spice it up enough that you don't realize you're just eating plain beans that's been in a can for 20 years. Fair enough. So with that said, I give this trailer like a lot. I really doubt the movie will be good, although I did like this director's other films. Yeah, let's see what they can do. Uh, that was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Well, that's definitely clipping the mic. <laughs> Long live the king. And that's the episode! Oh, you're back. I, just, I did a quiet one. Yeah, you tried it. We tried it before. It didn't look like it peaked. So. Oh, there we go. Meow! Yeah. <laughs> in that Godzilla trailer, I feel you about your point of, like, in the King Kong one, there was all these, like, oh, what's behind that bush? Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. that creature? I would love if we had, like, this giant cat man and, like... Okay. There's In the Lego movie, there's a giant cat. They do like a kind of Godzilla gag with a, a realistic cat that invades the. It's the Ninjago Lego. Oh yeah, yeah. I need to see that movie. You want to see a? It's fucking sucks. But it's the so trailer's good. so good. I guess that fits in with the mm-hmm. theme of these Godzilla movies yeah. or Godzilla trailers. Good trailer, bad movie. Yeah. yeah. So you stuck around. Oh yeah, we're gonna reward you for doing that. So we have season two in the works. What is season two? It probably doesn't make any sense because this happens <laughs> with some podcasts I listen to where they're like, next season, like they take a break. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, you're taking a break because you're lazy or like you burnt out from doing podcasting because it sucks. Yeah. And then they come back and it's just like, nothing's different. It's just season 30 for some reason. Yeah. It's this episode, like the next episode. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, for us, it's going to be episode 51 will 51. be the beginning of season Season two. But I will say, we are going to make some changes. In the past, we have this recorded, the show's on, I don't know if you could tell, our (laughs) iPhones. And now we're kind of experimenting with some fancy equipment, Mm -hmm. thanks to Bellingham's Happy Place. Yeah, and our good friend Noel Abbott for hooking it up. Please visit their website, Happy Place. They're on Facebook and all that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instagram. So we're going to have... Hopefully, cleaner equipment, a shorter running time. Some yeah. of these episodes have gotten out of hand, so I think to help with our editing, we're gonna try to shorten them to an hour so you know what you're getting when you open that package. Yeah, I think that's smart. I don't wanna listen to us for more than an hour. I mean, the, an hour is tough. Yeah. I don't know, maybe some new segments we're experiment with, yeah. but we're streamlining is yeah. basically it to make it easier for us, but also for all you guys. Yeah. Read. We might not be editing as much. <laughs> we might be recording less so we don't have to edit as much so we can put out more episodes. So how about that? Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing. We're, we'll try to be a little more consistent. Uh, we'll pick a date. We'll either do probably bi-weekly. Yeah, it's probably smart. Again, we're planning on episode 51 being kind of 
the launch of the new season. And also in the works, Sean, mm-hmm. we're thinking about doing a live show. We got together, we chatted about some ideas. I wasn't sold at first, but after we talked, I was like, oh, we could have some fun with this. We have some fun things. There may be some like mystery science skits. Mm-hmm. We've done some cursory talk with some establishments in town who may host our potential live event, but maybe it would be a good idea to kick it to the audience and be like, would you come to a live Movie Babies taping episode? What would you like to see? Yeah, if we did do one, do you want there to be guests? Do you want it to be just us? Should we have like some pre-recorded stuff? Do you want to see the trailers on the screen? I don't mm-hmm. know. Just throw out some ideas and leave a comment. You can email us at moviebabiespodcast at gmail.com. We have a website you can get us through. Twitter, Instagram we're on. It's all under moviebabies.com. Mm-hmm. And Sean, yeah. we don't have time for our two-minute trailer. Oh shit. Because that's the movie, babies. (laughs) 